another episode of Ho in the Know. I am some something of a spiral of an emotional spiral, Selena. <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by my co-host. Overheating Corey. <laughs> it's so hot. Quite in LA. hot. <laughs> so hot. Right it's really now. it's really fucking hot out here. I mean I really just can't compare it to like southern heat because southern heat is a whole other thing like that humidity is just like it clings to your skin see but whenever I visited the south like I feel like I've enjoyed the difference in the kind of heat enough that like it doesn't feel as hot as it does here Mm. but you know that might be my Cali delusional self yeah (laughs) I mean it's just like being in like the south and like it's 100 degrees and it's like 80 percent humidity Mm. is like a whole other it's a whole life anyway joining us from the south (laughs) is our guest uh lilith hello hey welcome to the show welcome so so glad to be here it's an honor Oh, we're so happy to have you. Yes. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call Historical Hoes. And this week's Historical Ho is Marie uh, Duplessis. Duplessis. Uh, Anyway, getting into it now. Marie Duplessis was born Alphonsine Rosé, or Rose, uh, Plessis. And uh, in 1824, to Marin Plessis and Marie Plessis at Nantes-Alpine in Normandy, France. At age 15, she moved to Paris where she found work in a dress shop. She was a very conventionally attractive young woman with a petite figure and an enchanting smile. By the time she was 16, she had become aware that prominent men were willing to give her money in exchange for her company in both private and social settings. She became a courtesan and learned to read and write, and to stay abreast of world events so as to be able to converse on these topics with her clients and at social functions. Pretty relatable. She also added the faux noble du to her name. I did not know that du was a noble... Uh, title. But now I do. So, Duplessis was both a popular courtesan and hostess of a salon where politicians, writers, and artists gathered for stimulating conversation and socializing. She rode in the Bois de Boulogne and attended opera performances. She also had her portrait painted by Edouard Viennot. Duplessis was the mistress of Alexandre Dumas uh, Fields between September 1844 and August 1845. Afterwards, she is believed to have become the mistress of composer Franz Liszt, which is actually really amazing. Look at all of these hoes just having their foot in all kinds of places. Their feet, their foots, you know, the footses, footsing around with these really dope people like Franz Litz, who reportedly wished to live with her. She gained a reputation as a discreet. That's really interesting. Like, how can you gain a reputation as being discreet? Anyway, as being a discreet, intelligent, and witty lover, and remained in good graces, uh, in the good graces of many of her benefactors, even after her relationships with them had ended. She was briefly married to at least one of her lovers, a nobleman, Count Edouard de Perigot, 
Marie Duplessis died of tuberculosis at the age of 23. Jesus fucking Christ. You know, the lifespan at that time. On February 3rd, 1848, with her husband, the Comte de Perigot, and her former lover, the Baltic German Count Gustav Ernst von Stackelberg, great name too, by her side. Also, how amazing is that she dies with her husband and her lover by her side? This is my goal in life. Within a few weeks of her death, her belongings were auctioned off to pay her debts. Sucks to have debts. That's why we need to dismantle the system, you guys. Her funeral in Montmartre Cemetery in Paris was attended by hundreds of people. Even after her death, much art was created of her. Dumas's 1848 romantic novel, Le Dame aux Camélias, I don't know, I don't speak French, was based on Duplessis. In the book, Dumas became Armand Duval and Duplessis Marguerite Gautier. Dumas also adapted his story in 1852, or blah, blah, adapted his story as an 1852 play, which inspired Giuseppe Verdi's 1853 opera La Traviata and various films. I hope you guys are enjoying these accents. The journalist uh, Romain Vienne, a childhood friend of hers, wrote La Verite, Sur de la Dome, au Camélias, I don't know that word at all, as a way to speak more truthfully about her life. And that is the highly documented, uh, much written about, and painted about, and composed about life of Marie Duplessis, this week's historical hoe. I just want to have everybody check in in the world of sex work. Have Have y'all been doing any sex work lately? Um, recently I got a hit to do some in person work, and he said I was his favorite. But then he went with somebody else, and uh. I got kind of. I I always get kind of sad. <laughs> when they choose someone else not just because like i might be losing money but um i don't know something about it makes me a little sad i mean it just hurts especially when they tell me that i'm the favorite yeah they always say (laughs) that shit and then it's and then they like go with somebody else yeah who's like maybe the opposite of you and it's like then what what were you saying yeah yeah and it's even funnier because when you're on cam like uh as y'all might know you know you can have your friends list and you can see when they're online but mm-hmm. not in your room yes <laughs> oh my god it's like that double burn of like well i guess you don't want yeah. me today <laughs> and then and then you can even see how much tokens they have and i can see them like spending it and i'm like <sighs> i'm like i know I, I love you whoever it's going to that's awesome but <laughs> but simultaneously yeah yesterday like... i was favorite <laughs> <laughs> yesterday it was me yeah i was dream girl yesterday yeah uh i felt that way like i had this customer at the club and this is now ages ago it feels like a whole fucking life ago of me being a a stripper in a club (laughs) what's that like what Uh (laughs) uh-huh touching people are you kidding me um but anyway
anyway, like I had this guy who was like my regular for a second and like we were, we hit it off and like, and then it just became friendly and he started getting dances with like everybody but me, but he still wanted me to like hang and chat. Cause like he really liked me as a human. I was like, right. what the fuck are you? <laughs> and I don't like you as a human. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, what about you, Lilith? How is today or this week in camming been for you? Um, it's been, it's been fine. You know, I really, honestly, I feel wrong ever complaining about camming during a pandemic because of, um, the way that stripping and in-person work has been affected by the pandemic. So it feels almost like I'm splitting hairs, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because like I, uh, it ultimately hasn't changed much. I mean, yes, people are more, uh, stingy. Mm. And, you know, that's that's just kind of the way that it is. Um, and there is, like, obviously a lot of OnlyFans uh, advertising going on on MFC, which, um, you know, can take away customers because now that's such a big thing. A lot of a lot of people are just like doing that. And um, so. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been slow, but, you know, <laughs> And oh. that's real, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a market crash right now yeah. <laughs> happening, yeah. too, unfortunately. Um, but I was going to ask, so on my free cams, you can advertise other sites? Um, technically, you can't. But honestly, it's like outlaw zone, right? I mean, you can, it's, it's a... It's so wild west out there. It, yeah, you can do whatever... Um, right now so like I mean I have been you know I've been you know dropping my cash app because I don't like the MFC takes half so I'll drop my cash app sometimes Mm -hmm. and so far no one's come and got me for it so I'm also happy about that yeah but I do see OnlyFans all the time on there now Okay. I mean, I'm glad that people are doing that, like forcing some of the traffic over. Cause like, I know all these cam sites take like such a substantial yes. portion of like every yeah. dollar. So it's like, fuck you guys. What's, like, y- what's your exchange rate? Cause on Chatterbait, it's like 10 cents per token. I think. Yeah, I know. Which is so which fucked. Is nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like 10 cents per dollar token. Right. Yeah. Well, they take half. Um, so they take literally half before it ever comes into Whoa. my hands. Yeah. But I do get zero on my taxes because of it. Like I don't pay anything and I don't uh, give anything because I pay so much in advertisements. I'm like, literally my gross income is my, what I pay for advertising on mm. MFC. Oh, so interesting. I hate, I hate doing taxes. So like in a way I'm like, <laughs> at least I got fucked in the beginning. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and then you like come out even, or you come out with what you expect. I mean, that's good. That yeah. is. Yeah. This, I have to like go on a mini rant about my latest um, customer things. It's so it's just like I've been doing all in person, all escorting and shit. Um, and like my client right now, uh, Gemini Ketamine, oh, as I've called Ketamine him. Ketamine man. Yes. Ketamine man. <laughs> so he's in like the lab business. And so he is like essentially facilitating uh rich people to go party like he's the he's like okay we're doing like this 15 minute rapid test like rapid covid testing Mm -hmm. and so it's essentially like so that people like rich people can have like their gatherings and can like 
like so Mike Tyson can like put on his fight show and like do it with a crowd of like fucking former presidents and shit and like celebrities and they can all hang out and have a good time while the rest of us die (laughs) right what kind of dystopian that sounds like every like dystopian like zombie film it it does and then the fact that it's ketamine too it's like such a just i mean i mean that's just his nickname (laughs) no but i mean it's it's a dissociative too and and that you know adds to the dystopian vibes Yeah, yeah totally so it's it's just like a whole thing of like he's like fucking making a killing right now off of this testing like it's just an insane amount of money like i think he he gets something like a hundred dollars like per test or something and it's like five thousand or more tests per day like sometimes it's like doubling every day and it's just like what the fuck and so this is how i get paid i get the little trickle down right <laughs> of this economic wild shit that is going on and i mean yeah you're that you're like the you know the hoe like in the dystopian that's like living that's yes like, okay because yeah. you are doing the like yeah that's amazing i don't know we should write a film. I know. Right? <laughs> we should, yeah. It's so like I but, mean, he, he it's really funny. He like wants to write like a um a COVID Chronicles like web series. But like <laughs> But not from his perspective. But not from his perspective. Right. Like, it's so bad. Like I, that that's the boring part. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of I don't know, like my life feels a lot I don't know if you've seen like Uncut Gems, but I, I keep feeling like my life is like that. So Uncut Gems is like this indie film made like Adam Sandler is actually in it and he's actually not bad in it because he's a terrible person (laughs) like the character is a really bad person but anyway so there's like this sugar baby character who's this kept you know sex worker essentially has a nice apartment and whatnot and is just kept by this really terrible man who's like ruining his own life by going down a wormhole of bets and stuff the higher he bets the more they both win right um, but anyway, so I feel like my life is a little bit like that with this guy fucking betting on people dying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. I need a movie about this. Yeah. I need a series. Right. Like, fuck hustlers. Fuck. Fuck hustlers. Real life is so much more interesting. <laughs> it is. Like, if, if these producers and people, like, actually came to the people and listened to them and included them, like, at, like, on oh a writer's God, credit. Real. Like... That's, like, what I think with Sita, like, Sita's whole story, because she was, like, the sex worker that was hired by a bunch of, like, LSD um, smugglers slash dealers, mm-hmm. and they, like, lived out of, like, this abandoned, like, army compound thing, and they, and they ended up, like, sentenced to, like, life in prison or some shit, so it's, like, this wild drug bust story wow. with, like, a ton of historical elements in it, and she's been, like, writing this, trying to make it into a series, and I think... It might actually get picked up, but it's just like, you know, reality is much more interesting it than is, fiction. Truly. And fucking yeah. Hustlers was a fiction. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, though, like, taking taking money from capitalists as a sex worker is a, is a revolutionary act. And then we're just bursting it, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many people on cam that I'm like, Wow. You know, wow. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting, like, just going from that, because, like, there is, 
there's so much lately i think in like media around like what camming looks like and what sex work looks like and like i've kind of talked about it a little bit with stripping but like right now i mean a little bit before this there was the doja cat video (laughs) yes and i just kind of want to could you like talk about what happened in that video and what was going on there well i mean so she like centered herself in the narrative and it's all um very like this is just the most fun effortless you know and i'm not saying i mean obviously it's a music video so it's got to be like poppy and cute and you know it's got to have fun but like um it was just it's just it's like literally like a pink lollipop version of of camming and it was and it's you know, also the fact that, um, uh, you know, there was evidence of her being on tiny chat, not actually doing sex work, but just like kind of stripping for, um, neo-Nazis or like proud boys or whatever. Yeah, they I just want to understand that a little bit more. Like, what was the deal? Like, how did they know it was neo-Nazi or p- proud boy guys? Like, because that really blew up the online for a hot second. I think it was the f- like the room that it was in was known to be a place that neo Nazis oh. would go, right? Is yeah. That- yeah, yeah, that was what it was. It was like a that that was the chat room it was kind of like incel racist. Situation. That's <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, it's like I remember as a kid, just like wandering into those places on like 4chan and shit just because i was like oh 4chan that's a bad place i need to go there (laughs) i I used to love getting on omegle with my friends and now Mm -hmm. i can so i'm like this makes a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) this is a total like kind of sidetrack but my little sibling um found his first girlfriend on omegle oh my god it's the most adorable thing and the most like 2010s like 2020 like sort of world yes. that like we imagined in the 90s that is <laughs> so, like yeah gonna meet your virtual girlfriend online mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah no yes yeah. Yeah. i mean you know i think that the reality of camming is so um it's so different than than that you know yeah definitely i mean it's like well there's there's so much to even get into but i think um so doja made that video and then Twigs made I keep going off on Twigs and I feel like I'm just so tired of her name being in my mouth but like she made this video about camming and I just want to mention that none of the organizations uh the sex work organizations that she is donating to uh have co-signed this video (laughs) like they actually actively said it was a bad idea and there was and what I've heard from them is that there was a there was like a thing where her managers tried to pull the video because sex workers were getting upset even before this made it to like mainstream. They were like, yeah. this is fucked up. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not like, it's just fucked up that you're doing this, like whatever it is, like this Dantwort type, oh. like surreal, like sex chat room thing. Yeah, it's like a super confusing video, and I just don't think that it really is meant to have any meaning in reality. It's just, we're just props. We're just sort of scenes, props, ideas, not actual, like, people doing actual work Mm -hmm. uh, that just happens to be on the internet. 
like someone mm-hmm. you know taking tele telecalls or whatever it's called telecommunication yeah, yeah the sex or phone sex calls phone sex calls or just any calls like you know like everybody's working from home now and mm-hmm. like like it's exotified you know mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it's just so complicated it's like so anyway nobody co-signed this video and I don't know if either of you have seen it have no um so it's this <laughs> it's this video that it starts off with this man um and it's so this is like a duet video with the other person in the song so whenever they tried to pull it the guy the rapper or um well he's just a musician the musician who like um was like the lead you know the artist in this song because it was like a feature with twigs um like he refused like his side refused to pull the video which makes sense because he's a lesser known name and he does have Twigs' fame. So anyway, it opens to him and he's at a computer and he's like, oh shit, like Twigs has a only or an only cams. Okay. And and then it like opens up and it's just like Twigs kind of sprawled out in like camera girl mode. But it's like kind of weird because it's like 80s like makeup, like really heavy, like eyes, like kind of like very like old-timey prostitute look you know like very stereotyped and then it gets like you know it's like uh he like buys tokens and then it's just super weird because like the show doesn't really make any sense like there's no jerking off there is like a brief moment of like a strip tease there's a lot of very expensive outfit changes um it like goes into her kind of dressed a little bit alien and stuff and in the end he just kind of blows all of his money and uh, you know his account kind of runs out and then he can't spend any more time with twigs on the cam but (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness i love how even this doesn't i love how it doesn't even make sense aesthetically with what i've been seeing cameras do like the 80s makeup and the i'm like look at joey kim look at like mm-hmm. all these amazing cameras i'm so inspired by they are i mean even a, like it's like even aesthetically as far as what's happening at this moment y'all missing the mark on just oh my god for real <laughs> it's so like it's so just not even like listened to as far as it's yeah. very out of touch and, i mean yeah like i'm i'm confused why and this was released after her most recent the the um the other video that she did the uh, other women yeah this is after other women um why didn't why wasn't she able to like understand the feedback from the other women but i mean i guess she didn't listen to any of the feedback yeah so (laughs) it boils down to like she didn't listen to the other feedback or didn't feel like and how is that supposed to be like an empowering image of like sex workers like uh I mean, I don't even know. I don't think it was trying to be empowering. Like, I think it was just meant to be, like, aesthetic. But the stripper thing was supposed to be empowering. Yeah, that was meant to be empowering. But it's weird because it was like she, she kept saying, I mean, in our call that, like, you know, it was mostly not strippers. There were only two strippers there. She hired them. She didn't like the thing that she was like, well, I just rent out the space during the day. So it went to interrupt the shifts of the other dancers so they could like n- work normally. So she really only hired two strippers. The rest of the people who are dancing with her are, I guess, other dancers. And then the rest of the crowd there were just people from Afropunk. 
So it was very empowering to the people who are able to afford Afropunk. Right. <laughs> and uh, I guess, yeah. And it was meant to be about womb healing, apparently. Oh, but you want to use X on the woman. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and right. you want to use other women, which again is a wonderful strip night thrown by a trans stripper uh, that you can frequent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, um so yeah i i just you know i don't know and i don't understand and i'm just like over understanding but anyway it's just like the whole thing of these like like these camming videos is like it doesn't take into account anything about what camming looks like the only thing that maybe looked like camming was like the room aesthetic that they used because they Mm -hmm. did use the chat boxes and like Mm -hmm. it did look like a cam room I wanna... and that can be so kitschy right with the vaporwave yeah that's mm-hmm. so style. yeah i want a video of setting up your cam <laughs> that's, that's the video right? that i want oh of setting God, up yeah. your cam make sure you're getting the right angle and then like right. typing in all of like the the menu options yeah like setting clicking, up your box yes. yeah, set, do, fixing all yeah. the settings because you reset it last time for whatever reason yeah. and yes. i want to see that or like trying to, my speaker trying to jerk up. off while you like type yeah <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So trying, trying to, uh, yes. And like, oh, man, exactly. It's, it's, it's stressful. You know, it's, um, it's really interesting. I love camming because you're the muse and the model and also the um, director, director, producer. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so funny because it's just, it, I used to do ballet and it just reminds me of ballet in the sense that the whole thing is just, I mean, and of course stripping is similar too, I, although I have no experience in that, but I'm sure it's similar in the sense that you're, you're trying, you're, you're doing these incredibly difficult things while looking like it's the easiest thing in mm-hmm. the whole entire world. Like, it's just like, yeah. well, I just popped out of the womb even lovely. not even exactly, like popped out of the womb lovely, but also like popped <laughs> out of the womb, like fucking on the precipice of orgasm yes (laughs) yes right like fresh refreshed and then like i think i mean we talked a little bit about this before the show but it's like you know you have to have this image constantly because people are coming in every second Mm -hmm. it's like you have to be like okay this is me (laughs) yeah and that's what makes it such a performance in a way um and uh, and not that I don't enjoy that though. Like I, I try to embody something else when I'm online. Like, you know, I have my little chat boxes, like I'm little Faye, the, uh, the alien fairy witch of your sleep paralysis. Oh, dreams, I love that. You know? Oh my God. That's such a great tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to create an ambiance. Um, and that's probably the thing I'm most adept at achieving, honestly, because I am non nude in public. Um, which can sometimes lead me to being like, okay, I really gotta, I really gotta hit it on the ambiance, um, you know, because there's other things I am lacking in the public room that other people have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so hard. And then there's like the whole, I mean, there's all of the technical issues of like 
camera quality and sound quality, Wi-Fi connectivity. I just paid $200 for an amazing router that looks like a spaceship. Oh my God, that's so real. No, and getting your computer like set up, whether you're um, on a laptop or if you're getting like a separate camera to like Mm -hmm. shoot all your stuff. Oh my God, multiple angles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I gotta charge up my speaker and my like that toy that reacts to the tip. Everything gotta be charged up. Yes. What is that called? It's like the oh my god. Blush. Blush. Oh, um, it's a Lovin's Lush. Oh yeah. There's well, the most, yeah. The the pink one is the Lovin's Lush that mm. um, I see most frequently. I mean, that's what I have. I want you to talk about that because, like, I I wanted to get that back when I was camming, but I was not anywhere where I could buy that. <laughs> and it wasn't like economic. It was I was. I mean, well, it was economic at different times, yes. <laughs> but there yeah. was a time when I could not afford it. Um, but there was, but it was also just like I was living in Brazil when I was camming. So it was like I just didn't have access to that. Um, but could you talk about this toy and what it does? Yeah. Um, so it's a, just, it looks like an egg. Uh, and it has a little um, antenna that comes out of it that uh, can, that has a, little button that you press to turn it on and that connects to your bluetooth and your wi-fi and it's a bitch and a half to set up (laughs) (laughs) and any any camera with one um is partially an it specialist oh my god i believe Um, (laughs) i mean cameras in general are also just generally it specialists (laughs) sometimes sometimes i still i'm 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 so not adept but i enjoy what what i do so i I'm trying my best, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. It, it basically just uses Bluetooth to uh, connect to your computer, um, and people will tip, and it will tell them that it's reacting, and you set the um, by the intensity of vibrations with the levels that people tip for. So, like, if you tip over under tokens, it will like buzz me for like a minute mm. of high vibrations versus like. Five tokens will get you like three seconds it's like, of low. Yeah. <laughs> and I usually don't even keep it inside me. I'll keep it outside of me. And then um, actually sometimes I mo- lately I've been putting it in my ass mostly. Hmm. And I'll have a countdown to like put it in there. Um, and then was, other than that, I'll have it like in my panties, but like outside of um, stuff. But that's just because I real I was like, I don't know how great. And I, I get my degree, my BS in public health, so I took anatomy classes and mm-hmm. physiology and things, and I was like, I don't know how great, like, having a Bluetooth device Inside. in your pussy is. Yes! Mm. Oh, my God. That's, like, a whole thing that, like, I don't think people ever think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started getting real paranoid about it, so I was like, I'm keep it outside and then, like, put it in my ass. And that's just something that is uh, can be, like, a niche thing that, you know, not everyone... Most people don't have it in their ass, so it's like, okay, now I've created, like, a niche audience. Oh, that's and so niche. I yeah, I mean, everybody wants something in your ass. I mean, camming is yeah. all about ass, ass, ass. And ass is gender neutral, too, so it feeds into my non-binariness because, oh. like, you've spoken before about how you get so hyper-feminized mm-hmm. when you're on this platform, you know, and, like, um, as a non-binary person, like, it can be nice, you know, because I'm like, oh, the fact that you like butt stuff, like, that's pretty gender neutral. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's true. I guess I hadn't even thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it in terms of like what kind of rays and, and other, you know, radiation you're exposing yourself to, like having these devices in you. Cause I mean, it's like, 
camming is so i mean it's not entirely new but it's pretty fucking new comparatively and like people who are camming like haven't really gotten old yet like the internet has only really been able to support this within like the past 20 years you know and then on top of that like like public health isn't to the point where they're keeping track of like sex workers health specifically yeah to know aside from like street-based sex workers where they're like fucking hounding people but not necessarily like camming no not like camming yeah yeah i mean that's like i mean you're not people are not going to know the effects of this for a long time and then also like a lot of these toys like you don't know the quality of silicon or whatnot they're using Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes that too um and i'm actually really impressed with that little toy i gotta say these toys you can sit on them wrong I mean, you do it. They really work it. I'm surprised this little antenna has hooked on to this egg and whatever, <laughs> and it's fine. But, like, honestly, great day for these lushes. Like, what's up? Um, you know, a lot of sex worker stuff, it does not last. So mm-hmm. I'll give it up to Love and Blush. Y'all kept me. <laughs> um, uh, so how long have you been in sex work? Just, um, uh about almost five years and it's just been just been camming and that's why I've uh you know I was saying I feel like I'm a old lady punching into the nudes factory because <laughs> I have yet to catch on to the only fans that I'm about to I'm really about to because I've had enough people online tell me I need to do that and they're right I should um but yeah I've just been doing it that doing this for five years about um yeah. I mean, it's so like it's intimidating to get into OnlyFans and it's like so this like built around the cult of personality and like 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 a lot of it is like influencers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you pretty much have to like be influencer status or you have to carry your people from a camming site if you have like, you know, the low-key sex work influence <laughs> that so many cameras mm-hmm. do. <laughs> Like, they may not be IG famous, but they are cam famous. Yes, and it's usually, um, I think what's also helped me out for OnlyFans is, like, a lot of the times it feels like it's um, people who would not call themselves sex workers because they are like, oh, I do this virtually, or oh, I, and I just don't, like, I'm like, we'll stay with my cameras because they, at least it seems as as a culture, are more likely to use that terminology for themselves because I don't mm-hmm. like that separation that people will do sometimes. Because I've even had friends living in the deep south in Charleston, South Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. um, friends that will be like, I'll use the word sex worker to define myself, and they'll be like, No, but you're online, oh it's my not God. sex work. It's like so yeah. the hierarchy, you know, like yeah. that internalized whore phobia of like, Oh, <laughs> I do this, but not this, right? And I'm better than those people who do that. <laughs> It's like right. no, no, you're not. Like <laughs> you're showing. Yeah, your, that's kind of you're showing your genitals. That's just on a camera. vibe. I guess. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're showing yeah, exactly. your genitals on camera to like strangers and the internet. Like mm-hmm. you're doing sex work. It's, it's sex work. It's yes. just like roll with it, and then you have a community. I mean, it's I don't know. Like it's so. It's so weird, like, whenever people don't want to orient themselves with the community that's, like, most likely to accept them. Like, they want to roll with people who are going to, you know, 
to stigmatize them. They're going to stigmatize them if, you know, like these civic communities that they're trying to align themselves with, like they don't understand and they're not going to be there for you. Yes, exactly. And I see a lot of, you know, a lot of the OnlyFans crowd not not speaking up about issues that affect um, survival sex workers or full service sex workers or anywhere, anything Mm-hmm. in that realm you know never once saying a peep not even using the word sex work ever yeah. um so and then the other thing is like apparently i mean i've heard this from multiple people but like only fans is like cutting down on sex worker accounts mm-hmm. like they're freezing people's accounts yeah they've been freezing people's accounts they've been refunding um like subscriptions to the customers and they've also been taking money more money from the customers and not giving them the product that they ordered um so which is a big issue yeah because <laughs> right? yeah they're trying to like fucking clean up their image and like turn only fans into like just a place it's kind of like trying to be patreon in a way but like more visual or whatever the fuck it's trying to be but they're trying to clean themselves up and like throw on, you know, tattooed white boy chefs and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a site yeah. just for fans that I think is run by a gay. Um, I believe this person told me. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, that might. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard mixed things about just for fans. Like I've heard that it's better than only fans, but like not by much. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I know that there's like a lot of shady shit happening with only fans. I've heard about Frisk too. Mm, what's Frisk? Uh, Tell me about it. Talking about, um, I don't actually know much. My friend was telling me about it today. Actually, um, uh, my friend who <laughs> who I helped um, get her into doing an OnlyFans, and now she has surpassed me and is giving me knowledge, which I love. <laughs> mm. And and she was telling me about Frisk, and I was like, uh, apparently, it's run buy sex workers um and they take less than 20 percent so less than what OnlyFans takes hmm. um but apparently it just doesn't really have like a mega amount of traffic mm-hmm. and that's like it's flaw mm, um because she was like i post on frisk but yeah and that's why i mean that's why i'm at mfc which you know i would argue is i mean they have to take the most out of anyone i would guess but i'm only there because they I mean, not compared to Chatterbait. Fucking Chatterbait is, like, the worst. And it has the most traffic. I mean, it's it's just so fucked up. The ones that, like, have the biggest, like, footprint are, like, the the worst. Just Mm -hmm. all around. I mean, you know, like we were saying earlier, Chatterbait is, like, 10. You get, like, 10 cents out of every dollar Mm -hmm. that anybody spends there. And then um, MFC. So just just to clarify for people who don't know what we're talking about, it's my free cams. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's another camming site. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're saying MFC just, they still take like 50%. Yeah, they take 50%. Um, and I actually have, I, it's actually funny how I, so I started with MFC because I found someone online that I just really, um, liked her content and then, um, was like, okay, you know, I've identified with this person. I'm gonna try this out. And I was I actually kind of lucky because my very first night online, I had someone named Mr. Silver come in my room Mm. and uh, he was like, hey, I have this whole um, website that basically is a graphic designer who also likes to help out cam girls and he's a dom and his way of doming was to basically give really good business advice 
um, oh. which was pretty great. Yeah, and I was like, trust me, I know, really surprising, right? That's, like, really that sounds like a scam. What a but weird if it's real, quirk. That's what amazing. A, yeah, what a weird. Isn't it, it's, it, it's amazing because it wasn't like literally, um, he helped countless women. I mean, it, uh, if you look him up, uh, Mr. Silver, I think it has like three R's or four R's at the end, mm-hmm. but I think his homepage is still up. Um, but he doesn't do it anymore. I think uh, he just, he honestly, I think his job stopped allowing him to talk to cam girls um, whenever he wasn't doing stuff online. <laughs> but, um, they cracked no, down but he, on him. He was great. He helped me so much. He, I like my very first night online, he was like, what I like to do is go into new girl. I patrol the new girls rooms and, um, talk to them about starting things out slowly um, to make sure that they, and it's not, it's not just like, just because I'm not new doesn't mean I, I fucking love all of my sisters and siblings and everything in cam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love how they do it. But his point was that, you know, once you start doing it, a certain, uh, start being more nude or being more whatever, it's harder to backtrack once you've done that. So his whole thing was just like, start really slow, mm-hmm. feel it out, set your prices a little higher than you think it will pay off in the end. Um, he specifically helped girls or people be non nude. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. MFC, MFC thinks I'm a woman because they only allow women. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's um, sex work in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but his whole thing was that, and it was actually super, helpful um and i gotta say like i'm really surprisingly really really grateful for this person because i mean every sex worker has the experience where i mean clients try to tell you how to do your job and you're just like oh my god yeah i know it's like so rare that they are actually helpful yeah yeah he was really really uniform (laughs) unicorn Yeah, he was really helpful, and you know, he helped me for like three months, and then now I, I think, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I mean, the part of maybe why I've been able to do this for as long as I have was because he helped me that first night and be like, hey, you know, people like to prey on because they do, they like to prey on the new girls in the camera room and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll tip you just a little bit more than do this and do that, and it's very coercive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so to have him be like, yep, you know what, just try it out non-nude at first, see what see what happens and now i mostly do dom stuff and i enjoy that i do more um i enjoy what i have room to do basically Mm -hmm. um by doing things the way that i do it um and focusing on doing that in my room so i shout out mr silver (laughs) i just remember whenever i first started camming like it was super i mean it is a really coercive environment and then there's like just not a lot of ground rules about how to do it and then I was finding like I wasn't getting any traffic but like in retrospect I'm like oh that was because I had like the shittiest camera and I didn't have a microphone and I had terrible wi-fi so I must have just looked like a big grainy like blob blob of skin like (laughs) it was it was so like I mean but it was it was survival you know it was definitely like I was just doing I was doing it because I was making like four hundred dollars a month in at my job at my like civvy job you know like because we got our hours cut for the season it was just like we can't be open more than like you can't get more than like two or three shifts a week for like three hours I was like fuck like how am I gonna eat so you don't always like have all of the 
you know, it does take a certain level of like financial startup, you know, to, to really get into camming and do it well. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And I, I've actually, <laughs> part of what's helped me is I've, um, I've dated a lot of techie people. Mm. That tends to be who I am attracted to. I and it's worked out. Because <laughs> they'll be like, hey, you need a bigger RAM. You need a bit. I'm like, just help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is like, so the story of my life is like dating techie people who can help me <laughs> with things. <laughs> right. Who can help me with my computer. At home IT. At home IT, please. <laughs> yes. Um, so so kind of backtracking, how did you end up getting into camming? I mean, you mentioned that you have a public health degree. So like, what is your timeline and and how did, um, your degree factor in, if at all? Um, well, basically I, um, a lot of it was mental illness related just because, um, and I think anyone can relate to that. You know, I, I, I'm myself a communist. I think that capitalism uh, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy like crushes us all and crushes our spirits you know so mm-hmm. i don't think i'm special in saying that the world got me down yeah, <laughs> because definitely. it did it got me down and um uh i graduated college and i did 22 hours my last semester i was taking anatomy microbiology all this stuff like mm-hmm. um literally almost Oh God! I mean, it was bad. It was You're bad. Like I was suicidal. With yeah, nerves. I was suicidal. Um, I even term I went into the hospital to be like, I'm suicidal. Like the, the week before finals. Um, I don't know how I finished, but I did. And so basically, I was like, I just need a break. And since then, I my my passion is biostatistics. And honestly, the reason why I've kind of dragged my heels about getting my master's is because it um it really the the concept of doing public health in the system we're currently in is like beating your head up against a wall because that's so real yeah yeah because there's no way there is no public health (laughs) yes like you can i can run biostats all day i can prove in a million ways how racism exists in in every form in every form i mean like literally um, and, and, and how that affects public health and how the, and for all oppressed groups, you know, for all the different inter, in intersectional ways too. And it doesn't matter because like, until there's something different, I really am just going to be my head against a wall. So that's kind of what has made me drag my heels basically. <laughs> I feel so kindred to you cause I just graduated with my degree in biotechnology and I, was going to like develop drugs and like it's horrible like our science industry pharmaceutical industry is really corrupt and really fucked up and if you want to be a part of like the science industry then like you have to be a part of industry (laughs) and all industries are really fucked up at their core Mm -hmm. so i feel you hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like i'm like hoping for a revolution. I mean, I feel that even as an artist, like that was why I didn't go into yes. the gallery world. Was like, I'm just gonna be making like 
art for rich people or these fucked up institutions like the Guggenheim. I'm going to be like essentially providing like my slave indentured servitude or whatever to these institutions for fucking peanuts and to be overshadowed by white people. And I have to just follow these white people and these institutions if I want to get anywhere. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's completely mm-hmm. unpalatable and unwelcoming to me. Like, and my biggest thing was like switching to the popular world of like doing my art through social media was like, all of these institutions are inaccessible to people. Like, how can I make work that is accessible to people who are on all levels, you know? Like, even, you know, in the United States, even homeless people have cell phones, at least, you know, like, at least you have, like, some participation. And, like, it's such a popularized media, like, to be part of social media and to spread info that way. I mean, see how TikTok is making the movement happen. So, yeah, I totally get it. (laughs) You just fucking opt out. You're like, nah, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to be a hoe. I'm going to be a hoe. I'm going to make my own sense. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do in these things, right? As much as I can. Exactly. And it's so funny because whenever people are like, oh, you know, what do you like outside of work? Or, you know, trying like (laughs) clients that get to know you, trying to get to know you better. I'm like, I like biostatistics. They're like, I don't even know what. (laughs) (laughs) My dick isn't hard anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They want the fantasy. Like they, they They like some dream girls. And what the fantasy is, is like what they've been fed by said media, by Mm -hmm. said mass Mm -hmm. media. That's like these really fake or backwards or like not up to date images of sex work. It's just incomplete, you know, these incomplete, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. impressions of people. Yeah. It's just, I actually, yeah. And I have one, I only have one client that I think truly sees me for my intelligence and doesn't see it as just like, oh, you're smart. That's, that's, you know, like trying to commend you in that patriarchal way of like, I didn't expect you to be smart. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was like, no, I, I see that and I enjoy that. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that sex workers aren't smart. I think that they are. And, um, it's actually my most, um, interesting case because he basically is someone that I dom and, um, he was, uh, so I, I was listening to one of your other episodes that you were talking about humiliation. I thought it was really interesting because it has to do with this client in that way. Um, because he is a, he was, he was molested when he was a child mm-hmm. by someone who looked like me. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, um, so he, we will have Skypes where I basically, um, just tell him that he is like a pervert and a predator. Um, and that's because, because, uh, his way of internalizing that was to, he has, um, pedophile tendencies. Okay. Mm-hmm. But not in what he acts on, like just on what he, like, you know, he'll see a young girl and it puts him back into the place where he was a young boy and he was busted. Mm-hmm. And so he feels that way towards the young girl and so this is how he gets his therapy basically is like through me um and it was a really interesting thing because he came into my life like three years ago and I was like this is a lot you know um I can imagine yeah like morally to a conundrum because you're like how do I'm supposed to feel about this but at the end of the day 
um, if this is what, if this is his outlet and this is what he feels like makes him able to, you know, receive sexual pleasure by being told what he is and stuff, um, I can't, I can't say that that's wrong. And it's interesting because he's had other doms who've actually tried to, or just this one, one other dom who's actually tried to get him to go take pictures of little kids and stuff. Oh my God. Oh no. no, that's so wrong. What's yes. what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yes. And that's, I don't think this person is like a real, like this person basically um, doesn't actually just basically is like, a dom that doesn't even do any sex work right mm. so it's like this whole other thing that i think this person might just be like i, mean, I don't know yeah just on i don't know on. what's up with this person yeah but um at a certain point i was like well i want to be the dom that's you know taking part in how he basically supporting good things right. um mm-hmm. in what in, yeah, what in a form of almost rehabilitation in a way right yeah but that was like that's my most interesting um one of the most interesting people and i think about him a lot i mean i think that and i i write for a column where i give like advice to people about like sex and sexuality and i think um and every time i write this column i say like if you think the certain thoughts are intrusive or like making it hard for you to live or other people to live then like go see a sex therapist and hopefully find a sex worker that you can combine with this sex therapy Mm -hmm. to like help you through those things because i think sex can be a very healing thing or sexuality can be a very Mm -hmm. healing thing but oftentimes like the professionals aren't actually the professionals Mm -hmm. that they say they are Mm -hmm. and so that's like the hard part is like seeking out a person like you who is open to that but then also sort of has the capacity to like figure out how to help them do that I mean it's just so crazy yeah. to like think about like all of the sex therapists who are like anti-sex work yeah you know like they that they have all of this internalized like core phobia and like that they're not able to like facilitate into that is like part of their practice I mean it's like so hard to like find that tricky combination but it's like so necessary especially for these people who have these kinds of like pathological impulses you know like and he's he's like 65 so like you know I, I don't know like if you tried therapy of you and he's like yes and this is what works you know yeah um and yeah I mean that's <laughs> that's real though I mean I don't know like I've I mean I can relate to this like because like I have started like for me (laughs) let's go personal um I like started watching like porn that it like mimics the way that I was raped (laughs) Mm -hmm. to like I don't know it's like part of it is like finding Mm -hmm. just I don't know like it it, you know whenever sexual assault happens it carves this like neural pathway you know Mm -hmm. like whether or not you want it um it just happens and so, like, it's part of me, like, understanding that pathway and also getting off and also just, like, having power in a situation where I felt, like, completely mm-hmm. powerless. Mm-hmm. But it, it does, like, it does create this, like, really morally dubious gray land, you know, where you're, like, and again, I don't know I if do I can this, go there. 
and not having, I do the same. having support on all sides. Like, yes, like you're getting off and like maybe part of you is like processing it, but then like you don't have like the conversation afterwards with set, with maybe mm-hmm. a therapist about like, okay, how did that make you feel? Where did you go? Like, wouldn't it be cool mm-hmm. if in session, like you went off, you masturbated, then you came back? Oh my like, God. Yeah. Wow. You that know? would be like super interesting. Yeah. Cause then yeah, you, that would be awesome. Because they have the tools, like the psychological tools to like, talk it apart and talk you through it oh my god but then sex workers have like the tool of like actually the action you know yeah i don't know you know maybe let's open up a practice (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna fucking happen it's gonna fucking happen yeah like yes I think it'd be healthy. I mean, I always say that like my next career will be therapy, like because <laughs> it's already what I'm doing. Yeah, and just, that's I'm a, already doing alternative therapy. That's a lot of this work is like therapeutic for people. Yeah, it's like I don't yes. want to just say that sex work is therapy because it's not. It's like a Mm-mm. different. It's a different thing, but it can also be therapy. Like it's not mutually exclusive. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed with camming that initially like drew me was the fact that like because people are behind a screen, I feel like they're even more likely to kind of immediately delve into like what, what they like and, and without the frame of judgment that sometimes like being around other men can, can give them, Mm -hmm. um, to, to informing like what they think they should like, um, aesthetically or in whatever way, you know, like I have, uh, stockbrokers who like to match their lingerie to me oh so my God, I love when that. i hop online they match their lingerie to me. i never see their face they live in a penthouse it's nice mm-hmm. great tippers um and he wants to that's you know like he would not show he would not show that side of himself maybe to even people he date or people he might meet out um and then or even maybe at the club you know but like Mm-hmm. in that realm he's just automatically there um and like showing that vulnerability and i just i that's the main thing that i've always really loved about cam is the fact that people are behind a screen so like you can really see the best in in some people in that way because you're like wow you you know you're you're choosing what you feel what you feel like you like not based on what other people think you should like and that's mm-hmm. pretty cool oh my god that's like so part of like the the issues with um strip clubs is that there is so much like peer to peer pressure about who you're gonna pick for your dance and a lot of people are not gonna go for the people that they're actually attracted to mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if they have their friends around they want to go for the, the most conventionally attractive hottest blondest biggest tit biggest ass person and they may not actually even be attracted to that person generally like they may be kind of attracted in a general way but it's like the person that may just like light their fire however it is is like somebody who's like the opposite you know like yeah and but they're just too stuck in the pressured world of being seen and the sexual interaction and being afraid of their own desires and taking that away and just putting them at the screen like they can just go there and it's so liberating to have that and the trickle down of that of like that scenario is that then clubs don't hire a diverse cast of people because they see only certain people are getting picked so let's just copy and paste that 
Mm-hmm. Which is fucked because they're not seeing like the the cam cells that like someone is doing. They're not seeing the what no. kind of revenue that person could bring in if yeah, they exactly. just you know mm-hmm. exactly yeah. no it just does it reinforces all of those all of those fucked up you know structures i mean i guess it's so hard because like i mean the reality is too though that like all of those stats still happen in the cam world pretty often i mean it it's, oh, yeah. it still is like a very conventional look that mm-hmm. gets the most money mm-hmm. yeah the top like the t- the, the top page is always going to be blonde and white and, you know, long hair, mm-hmm. maybe some surgeries and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's just, that's what, that's what's going to be there. You're running on empty. Could soup be the answer? For years, we thought that a balanced diet paired with regular exercise was the only way to achieve a healthy lifestyle. But recently, Scientists have begun examining the possibility that soup might be so pivotal it might take over an entire food pyramid. What is soup? It's chunks and liquid and fire. Delicious, easy to swallow, hardly anything to do with your mouth. You can put it in a thermos or carry it in the go, on the go, in a plastic bag. It challenges the limits of human creativity. You can eat and hydrate simultaneously. It is the superfood we have ignored for so long. Kick your body into high gear and join the confederation of soup enthusiasts if you're ready to stop running on empty and get souped up today. We have time for like one more thing, which is... Is porn inherently exploitive? Oh no! <laughs> why are you? Why are you? <laughs> I know. No, this is just. Uh, we were. So Lilith and I yes. were chatting about this. Yes. And it was because yes. like some of these like anarchist pages, quote unquote, are anarchists, and I don't trust any anarchist that is not intersectional, as truly being mm-hmm. anarchist. But mm-hmm. they're like making all of these like porn is inherently exploitive memes mm-hmm. and shit like. Does that. it have to do with the whole Pornhub thing? What do you think? Yes. Uh, oh, Pornhub, did you not see this? What? No, tell me. Okay, so Pornhub um, hosted uh, um, in a video of a 14-year-old girl being assaulted for months and while she was trying to like get it taken down and was making money off of it. Mm. Um, and so now they're, and, and they've done this before with other people, and yeah. now they're coming under fire because of the, the uprising and everything that's going on in the world like there's this uh, magnifying glass on like what they've done in the past and how they're continuing to fuck up in that like if if somebody doesn't have a blue check on their on the video that means that that the they people did not upload it no they didn't verify it mm. so the people in the video might not be 18 the people in the video might not have consented to doing those things mm-hmm. um and so i've seen a lot of I haven't seen personally, but I've seen other people post these people of like anarchists, like pages on Instagram or just like anarchists in general, like making these think pieces or like these memes about Mm -hmm. like how porn is inherently exploitative and Pornhub is the perfect sort of image of that. Yeah. Um, Which it's not inherently exploitative. I think the systems around it are. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's clearly, it's like the economics around it and all of these host sites are fucked up, but porn in itself is not fucked up like inherently like, right. 
yeah. it's just because all of these fuckers are like all of these men and all and it's like a lot of these like you know vpns are in other countries so there's like even less regulation and it's just like it's just like deeply unregulated which is like the fucked up thing and also that the petitions of people like wanting to get their videos taken down are not honored right mm-hmm. and i think you know if if they really cared so much about sex workers not being exploited or people in general mostly or not mostly but people in general like not being exploited then like give them the tools to make their own shit you know like that's like that's the easiest sort of i think route than like to take everything Mm -hmm. down because what it does is it drives everything further underground Mm -hmm. it's because something that you don't see happening is happening somewhere in worse mm-hmm. conditions yeah so you know keep it above board keep yeah. it regulated and give people the tools which and basically yeah. which, which just goes to de- decriminalizing sex work but you know exactly mm-hmm. exactly that's what it all goes back to i i just really think that it's the capitalists that every bad idea uh, that people have about about consensual sex work is what i'm talking about too I, yeah you know yeah right. talking about that specifically um, every bad connotation people have is related to the capitalist monopoly base that that is that is within it, and it's and it's the it's our bosses, you know. That's who it is. It's it's not the workers. And yeah. I've actually it's interesting because I've had like in my topic I'll have like you know donate to Black Liberation Fund twenty dollars you get all my nudes whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have this you can get the same nudes for the same price on my page without donating, but mm-hmm. that way you just send me your receipt that you did that, and I. And I've had people come over and be like, "You can't be economy if you're you're a capitalist. You're 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 a sex worker. You know that's like inherently such a capitalist thing, right? Because it's like tipping based." And I'm like, uh, "What? No, I'm not a capitalist. I rent my damn apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah, you live under really, capitalism, but you are not a capitalist. You are not of yeah. the capitalist class. Right. <laughs> and I think we need to or." I would. I hope that, like, um, people can start seeing that it is those people that really fuck up the vibes for everyone. You know, because like <laughs> on cam, when someone <laughs> when someone tips me forty dollars, it's twenty dollars for me. So I got to remember in my head to react as though it's forty because for them it was forty. Right. Mm-hmm. But for me it was 20 so it leads to this whole thing where like you you sometimes you overdo it in thank yous but then you'll underdo it too because you're like oh that was actually this much for me and it it leads to that whole tension between clients and sex workers where they're like oh this is uh this is just nothing for you you know you just yeah oh my money God. is nothing that is and it's so like fucking no, real they have house fees you know i mean i don't know what it, no, I've that's exactly how it is at this strip club exactly like whenever clients are like well i spent 51 dollars to get a dance with you i'm like well cool i got 25 of those dollars right. yeah. <laughs> and it's a single yeah. dance like i got 25 bucks so like yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, your reaction is not going to be proportionate to the exact amount of money that you're getting because the house is taking a cut. So it's just, like, you're just in this fucked situation where you have to, like, pretend because other people are fucking you over. Exactly. And... It ruins like, the vibes. <laughs> it does. It ruins the vibes. It ruins the vibes for everyone, um, you know, across the board. And, um, yeah, that's that's my... That's my two cents. <laughs> and uh, I I also think that I'm just really, uh, really, 
proud to be a sex worker right now in these times because of, um, you know, siblings like y'all that, I mean, I think that um, sex workers are warriors and are revolutionists. And, you know, it's, I feel like it was a hoser healers was like a, a big thing. And I love that. And, you know, they, it is true. But it's also true that, like, we're warriors, you know, <laughs> we're revolutionists and we see the effects that capitalism has on our clients and how they I mean, at least especially with Cam, you know, people come in after work and it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure with every form of sex work, you, know, you, you see yeah. the capitalism on the veneer of your and that's basically what we're trying to wash away by putting them in touch with something that feels like home or like intimacy or like being held in some form. And that's a revolutionary act too. Um, and it's not only healing, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's revolutionary. It's a fucking health service, and we are fucking revolutionaries. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, where can we find you online? And if you want to plug your cam stuff, feel free to plug your cam stuff. Whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, um, I am Lilith Fay on MFC. How do you spell um, it? L-I-L-I-T-H and then F-A-E and um, I am on Instagram at a clockwork orangutan. it was a pivotal book for me (laughs) (laughs) and i'm the goddess Corey. you can find me at the goddess Corey on instagram uh look in my link tree to find all my links that's in your bio that's my bio yes cool this podcast is home in the know spelled hukes in the nukes if you made it here i'm amazed that you didn't know how to spell it but we are on instagram at home in the know you can follow me, Selena the Stripper, on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can support my Patreon with all kinds of amazing stories. Really hyping myself up. Amazing um, stories. I'm finally getting into my Tantra series, so I'm going in on that, and it's it's actually been really good to go there. It's like bringing like I've been on. So I mentioned earlier about my whole like emotional spiral. And this has been just researching into borderline parents and stuff like that, because I think that both of my parents were borderlines. So, yeah, looking into that has been a real emotional spiral for me, but I'm writing about it and that's good. That's on my Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. And then, uh, you know what? There's PayPal's and Venmo's yes. and Cash Apps. Yes, my uh, Venmo is at HCore. My Cash App is at, uh, the hashtag uh sp cory c-o-r-i um do you want to plug yours yes my i just have cash app and uh, my cash app is lilith fairy and i spell fairy like the old old tiny spelling r-i-e yeah so f-a-e-r-i-e lilith fairy hashtag awesome um i have a venmo and it is at selena the stripper Anyway, thank y'all for joining in and listening to this episode of Ho in the Know. Thank you so much for being our guest, Lilith. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. Y'all are so amazing. I I really look up to you both, um, and I'm so inspired by you both. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a really wholesome week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money. 